Okay, this week I want to talk to you guys about the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, the Holy Spirit tends to get neglected at times. What I mean by that is that in the, the triune nature of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we see in Matthew 28, 18-20, we see uh, that the names are, are grouped together, meaning giving, you know, back, when you get baptized, say the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is grouped together. They are they're three in one, the triune nature of God. And a lot of times, the Holy Spirit can get neglected in, in, in the God nature in our lives because we, we tend to think about Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that because Jesus, Jesus is God. He died for us. Where we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is part of that Godhood and that we can pray to the Holy Spirit. So I want you guys, and I believe that this, if you, if you make this an opportunity in your life, from today forward to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in your life because today the Holy Spirit is 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 more of the active force in our lives than in the Old Testament times, okay? And even when Jesus was here on the earth, okay? So he's more active now. As we see in Acts, in Acts 2, let's go there real quick. Are you there saying that? Acts two. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, Jesus promised that he would, that the Father will send the Holy Spirit to give another counselor. Okay, let's go to John 14. So the Holy Spirit was ushered in in a more powerful way. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit simply rested on people and then at times went, uh, came out of people. As we see in, in David, King David, in Psalm 51, he says, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Because there were times the Holy Spirit just rested on people. But today, after, after Pentecost, after the, Jesus, after the promise came, which is the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit lives in us. Here we read in John 14, 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commands. So Jesus is saying, you know, obey my commands, and then you're showing me that you love me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or in another version it says counselor, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is in us. Jesus told his disciples that it was better that Jesus went 
went, went back to the Father, went back to heaven after being uh, resurrected. He said it was better that he go because then the Father can send the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus was limited in his flesh because he wasn't able to be everywhere at once. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, could be everywhere at once because he's spirit. He operates in the spirit realm in all dimensions. And I would ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor or advocate to help you and be with you forever. So the thing we see is that the Holy Spirit is that is the counselor. And as you know by the word counselor, it's someone who consoles. It's someone that's going to help you, that's going to help you through hard times. That's going to help you um, help you better yourself, okay? Counsel you in, in issues of your life. And He's going to be with you forever. So we see that the Holy Spirit is also timeless, okay? So, and we know that by the attribute of God, by one of the attributes of God is that God is timeless. Why? God, God has to be timeless because God created time. That's right. Okay, so, and also He, he is immaterial because He created matter. He created material. You know, He... He's spaceless because he created space. You get it? So, by definition, God has to be outside of, of our universe, okay? A lot of people like to say, well, you know, who created God? Well, you know, he's the creator, so why does he create and need a creator? That's, that's, you don't need an explanation of an explanation, of the best explanation for it. Be with you forever. So he's timeless, and he's going to be with you forever. Day in and day out, he is with you. He is, he, he is the, the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. He's the one working on this earth right now. Now, all three of them are one, and so they're all working in one accord. He's called the Spirit of Truth, for there is no falsehood in the Holy Spirit. You can trust Him. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Now, this is pretty... It's pretty simple when we, when we, and pretty understandable when we see how the world acts. The world wants to see things. The world, oh, if God exists, show me some evidence. Show me something that's going to make me believe in God. God, you know, like Bruce Almighty, smite me, Almighty Spider. <laughs> <laughs> people want to see a miracle. They want to see miracles. And Jesus rebukes the Pharisees and people that wanted to see signs and wonders in order to believe. But, we're not like that. We believe in God already. And the world can't can know, can know the Holy Spirit because they don't see the Holy Spirit. They need to see the Holy Spirit in order to believe. But Jesus said, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus said, and will be in you because at this time the Holy Spirit didn't come. Now the Holy Spirit you know, was active during that time, you know, resting on Jesus. But now he is in every believer. believer. Go to Joel 2. Joel, Joel. Yeah. I always have a hard time finding Joel. Is 
2.28. Now this is a prophecy of the, the, what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down, when the 120 disciples were, up in the, were in the upper room. The Holy Spirit rested on them like tongues of fire and everyone began to speak in tongues. Here's the prophecy. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on, on the earth, blood and fire and bills of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, uh, Tends to go into the, the, uh, the end times. But he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. No, this is so significant because now, uh, especially in, in Jesus' day, in, in that culture back then, there was a lot of racism and, and their social classes. There, there's a lot of prejudice going around. And so when the Holy Spirit came, God does not show favoritism. Okay, so no matter whether you're you're, you're tall or short or, or skinny or fat or, or Mexican or, or black or white. God shows no favoritism. You can have the Holy Spirit. And in fact, the Holy Spirit is in you now as a believer. God shows no favoritism. It's, it's for all people at all times. Amen? Amen. Now from John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Advocate in the Greek, uh, or I mean another, in the Greek is alive. I'm going to say alive. Alive. It means another of the same kind. Okay, so when Jesus was saying that, the, that he will ask the Father to send another advocate, see at that time Jesus was the advocate. He was advocating, he was mediating between the Father and the people. He was interceding for, for the people on their behalf. Just like the high priest in the Old Testament was offering sacrifices for their own sins and for the sins of the whole people. Okay, so the, the Levites, the Levite family, needed to um, be the, the priest and sacrifice on behalf of all the 12 tribes of Judah. And, and there's 12,000 in each tribe, or more, who knows. And what they need, they need to sacrifice. They need to say, God, forgive them and, and um, sprinkle the blood on the altar in order, as a sign of, of being, being cleansed by the blood of the sacrifice. And so, another of the same kind. So Jesus is saying, okay, now, it's, now the person that, that's going to come, that advocate, is going to be of the same kind as me, as Jesus. And what that means is that he's going to be, Jesus was God, so he's going to be, this advocate is going to be God. This advocate is going to have the God nature. That's right. Advocate or counselor is the Greek word parakletos. I'm going to say parakletos. Parakletos. It means a person called to, to help. Now, para means alongside. Okay, it means, you know, like, like parallel. You have levels meaning side and para meaning alongside. So parallel, they're alongside each other. Parakletos, para means alongside, kletos means like, like help, some type of help. So what that means is that this person is going to come alongside you and help you. He's going to walk with you. In fact, Jesus said it even more, even closer than that, inside of you. Spirit, everyone say pneuma. 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 
Now it's not a pneuma, you know, in Greek it's pneuma. Uh, see, in English you pronounce, you don't pronounce a B. It means breath or wind, okay? So we, we see all throughout the, the Bible, even in the Old Testament, the Old Testament doesn't have pneuma, but in, in Hebrew, it talks about the Spirit of God being like a, a, a breath or a wind passing by. And then God, Theos. It's the third person this of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune Godhead. Okay, so there, in the Godhead, there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit that is in us today, working. Here's what the Holy Spirit does, okay, so that you guys can, can know what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life, and can do in your life, and will do in others, okay? The Holy Spirit gives new spiritual life. Okay, John 3, 3. Let's go there. Can you never say that? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm good. John 3, 3. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, if he is asked? Surely you cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, this is why you need to give thanks and acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has given you a new spiritual life. You were born of the Spirit, and now because you are born of the Spirit, you are sealed for the day of salvation gives you new spiritual life. He's, he has reborn your spirit. Amen? Amen? The second thing is he sanctifies from sin. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. Are you there? Only when you there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 6, 9. <clears throat> Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. So we see that the Holy Spirit is in us, and, it, and He being in us helps us to live continually in holiness. Sanctification means the process of being made holy. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is making us holy day in and day out. It's bringing conviction of our sins. It's saying, hey, you're going down the wrong path. You need to, you need to go this way. Uh, let me direct you this way so that you will, not, you will not disobey the commands of God. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit fills with power for ministry. It's a very important so that Acts 1 8. How many of are you excited and thankful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. I'm very. Acts 1 8 says, Well, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, the Holy Spirit fills us with power for ministry. You guys need the Holy Spirit in order to minister effectively. Without the Holy Spirit, 
What truth is there going to be in your words? What truth is there going to be in your own walk uh, with Christ? Because if you don't have the Holy Spirit, that counselor, to help you even in ministry, or first in your own personal lives, then how are you going to minister effectively? Or how are you going to be able to, to touch others' lives? Amen? Let's go to 2 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. Amen. The day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, wind, Paduma, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now go down to go down to verse fourteen. Mm -hmm. no, sorry, give me one second. Peter addresses the crowd. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. And he goes into what uh, Joel said. Now if you go down to verse 40, after Peter tells them to repent and be baptized, every one of them, for the forgiveness of the sins, we see the Holy Spirit, and some of the promises for them and for the children and for all who are fall off. Verse 40 says, With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. See, see, Peter was filled with boldness, and he stood up and he started to address the people that were mocking the people that were speaking in tongues. They, don't, they have to be drunk. Peter was filled with boldness in order to do that. He was filled with boldness where the Spirit allowed him to prophesy in order to, um, to bring that argument against him and say, hey, this is what this is the prophecy that, that was made years and years ago uh, about this time. See, they were, they were doubters. They didn't believe at that time what was going on. See, a lot of them were probably pagan coming from other, other countries. Or a lot, a lot of them were Jewish. And they did not believe at that time that that, that was happening, that it was the Holy Spirit, that there was even such a thing as, as a Holy Spirit separate, you know, separate from God because they were monotheistic. Now it helped them. Now the Spirit helped Peter to prophesy. And we need we need that ability nowadays to be able to prophesy, to know things. Uh, either about the, about the future, what's going on. There's people who have prophesied about things to come in order to, to warn people of a judgment that was going to come. There was a guy that had prophesied um, about Katrina. There was a pastor that had prophesied about Katrina, and then it happened. Now, I, I believe things like that can happen. I'm not sure if, if that was the case, but I believe in my God that he can, he can give us some type of message of prophecy in order to warn people of things to come. Now, there's a lot of prophecies in the Bible about the Judgment Day that we can warn people. But God has, the Holy Spirit has, has given us uh, 
given us gifts to use. It's, it's through the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is important today for you guys in order to minister effectively, okay? Yeah. The Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. So let's, let's all stand up. focusing on the Holy Spirit so that our, our prayer lives because without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is is the presence of God and the Holy Spirit is the active active person of God in our lives that brings us into an, an encounter with God himself and without the Holy Spirit uh, intimate personal relationship with God is not possible. So let, let's focus on the Holy Spirit right now. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus uses a pronoun with, with referring to the Holy Spirit. He says in John 14, 26. Let me read it real quick. John 14, 26. He uses the pronoun he. It says, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he he uses the Holy. He says the Holy Spirit will teach. The Holy Spirit is just an active, uh, an active force, not God, not a person. How come this active force is teaching? You know, uh, a guitar doesn't teach. You get me? So the Holy Spirit is a person. He's personal. He's not impersonal. He is in us, therefore he's not far from us. So let's acknowledge the Holy Spirit tonight and ask the Holy Spirit to, to, to bring us into an encounter with the living God, to, to be manifested in us and through us for effective, uh, for, for living out our faith effectively and in holiness to sanctify us and to living out ministry effectively to be filled with power for ministry. Let's just praise, let's just, let's just start praising God. Holy Spirit, we praise you, Lord.